You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 50. Episode 50? That Those 50 episodes went by really, really fast, man. <laughs> right, I was pretty surprised. I was looking at the number. I was thinking, right? It seemed like we had just started. I mean, time, fl- time flies when you're having fun. It's uh, So, this we did another session where we actually played together. Always weird crap whenever we play together. It never seems like a normal session for either of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know. Like I said, I think it just it doesn't feel normal just because you have more of a rooting interest in the game. Yeah, that's a I can yeah, I can kind of see that. I mean, it's at least like when you're like in granted, I very much understand when you're not in hands, you're like supposed to be paying attention or whatever, but once hours on hours in, like if I'm not in a hand, I I mean, it's a little tough, so... But if you're in a hand, I have that rooting interest. It actually makes it way more entertaining. Well, one, we joke around some. And then, also, you know, just kind of having that rooting interest is nice. Right, and why well, I also think the bad beats, you know... I don't want to... I guess kind of... They hit different whenever... So you have your own bad beats in your own hands that you're playing, that you're thinking about, and, you know, kind of... Anal- kind of um, uh, thinking about your play, but then I also can do the same for you while you're playing. So yeah. it seems like if something crazy happens to you, but I'm there, it makes it seem like an extra crazy uh, session because I'm there with the rooting, rooting interest uh, with you. Yeah, it's a let's say always, always a real interesting time. So this session we ended up at Paramount. It's like I say, probably my favorite poker room. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't even think. I'm not even sure what would come in second. Actually, it would probably be my favorite poker room at this point. Uh, and we end up at a one-two table with two hands of Omaha. It's every round because one hand just isn't enough for for this place. So we uh end up playing that. Did I get there first or did you? Um, you definitely got there first. Okay, I got there first, and I, let me tell you, right from the start, <laughs> I don't think I won a hand this session. I certainly don't remember winning a hand this session. Hmm, I'm trying to think. I don't remember watching you drag anything in, so. I remember a lot going out. <laughs> but, uh, so, we ended up, uh, like I say, and it wasn't anything Big. It, there was a couple ones where I got it in good and it was bad runouts. There was one fairly big bomb pot where I flop really good on both boards. I think well, a good draw on one and a good hand on the other. But it ends up running out into a horrible to where I, mean, I just ended up having to fold. Uh, so that was tough. I added on a little bit. And then sometimes you get wrapped up into a hand you know you shouldn't get in. I flop, it's middle pair, I give a pair of eights, and it's very multi-way pot. I think there's like seven people in this pot. It 
goes all the way around. I check, and then the button bets. And a hundred percent, I would almost always be folding here. So, what's your hand, and what's the flop? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's I think I have like a suited connector of some sort. No, I had Jack Nine, and I flopped a pair of nines, and I think it's like King Nine Six. That sounds about right. And I, I got a backdoor flush draw, I believe, too. So, but that being said, I mean, if someone bets here, I mean, on a multi-way pot, I'm just putting them on a king and just pretty much giving up on this hand. But on this one, I think a backdoor flush and straight draw. And he bets like a tenth of the pot. So I'm like, well, I mean, another nine would be good. Another jack would be good. And I make the call. Well, another king comes on the board? No, it was a rivered king. It was a rivered king? Okay, another card comes on. And then he bets a, a little bit more. But now it's into an even bigger pot. I'm like, well, I still might be good. I'm still getting very good odds to call here and call. But the problem is, is the stack-to-pot ratio is very getting very, very bad very quickly. Because I was kind of short stacked to begin the hand. I probably only had like 150, 175. Uh, the, the rivered king makes it less likely that he has a king. And I'm still with second pair. And then he bets again. And it's my all in. But it's not for very much. Into a gigantic pot. Right. Because I remember thinking that that stacked pot ratio was getting small on the turn. I was thinking, well, at first I was thinking you were probably jamming the flop. Then you called. Then I thought you were jamming the turn. Then you called, and I was like, well, I mean, you're basically all in here. Yeah, it was really kind of a weird uh, weird scenario. But, I mean, it was one of those that, like you said, it's kind of like death by a million cuts is what you said earlier. Yeah. Which I was like, that's a very good analogy. Because it's one that you sh I sh probably should be able to get away from, but it's almost wondering where. Because, I mean, this guy has a king 99% of the time here. So especially how multi-way it was. Yeah, exactly. So it was that was kind of the deal. It was getting roped into a hand that it, like just should not have been roped into. Uh won't be the f not the first, won't be the last. <laughs> uh so but I think probably I can go ahead when I don't turn any equi equ equity, I can probably just let this go on the turn actually. Yeah, I mean I don't mind the flop call for one tenth, one ninth pot, but like like we said, death by a thousand cuts is just it's such a horrible place to be because it's one of those situations where I feel like you know you should fold, but it it's a real weird look to fold for twenty percent pot or something. Yeah, but exactly. you know you might as well just burn that money as well. I mean, I've been in that spot too. I've been in the spot the opposite way where I lost track of the opponents stack to pot ratio and I make a bet and he ships it for like 15 more. It's like, well, this has gone sideways. Oh, I'm covering a hand just like that later in this podcast. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot, a lot of confused people at that table. Uh, but let me, uh, let me kind of, so that, so you, okay. Are we done with that hand? Yeah. I mean, like out? I say, it's one of those that I think, I think we're right. We can call the flop, but once I don't turn equity, even if I'm getting gigantic pot odds on that turn bet, there's a certain point where it's just so much of your stack that you should have to fold. So I think I think we can settle on that as a conclusion on how we that's a better way to play that hand. 
So yeah, we can move on to. But he had the king, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course he has the king. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's the part when I said a hundred percent he has the king. You don't even need to ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but let me uh, kind of paint a little bit of a picture of this session, right? Because um, we jumped right into one of these hands. But so when I came in, it was pretty late, right? Um, and I sat down and normally I'll say like, what's up or hi, you know, to you just briefly. Or if we were talking about something, I'll, you know, come and talk or we'll just keep talking at the table. But this session... I mean, it was not a great table socially, and me and you both were just sitting there quietly the whole time, basically. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I, if anybody's talking, like, I think I had my headphones on at first, yeah. and then I took them off, and then I started a little bit of table talk, as I'm apt to do since I get bored. Uh, but for the most part, not the uh, not really the fun, like, lively table you're hoping for. Right, but the reason why I included that was because we had kind of like a weird, I guess we've had this happen before, but oh, it was kind of that weird incident where I haven't said a word to you the entire session, I'm just, you know, I was just playing hands or whatever, and um, you, I thought you took your headphones out, <laughs> waited to see if I was going to talk, I didn't talk, you put them back in, and then took them back out later on the session, I think somebody said something <laughs> yeah. where I was like, this is some stupid shit. I'm not listening. Because <laughs> I did. I took them out. Yeah. I was like, well, we'll probably bullshit or talk. And then you didn't talk for like three minutes. And then someone said something ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, nope, these are going right back in. <laughs> right. So, okay. But the reason why I'm going over all this is so then uh, we had this hand happen where one guy went all in with top pair. One guy went all in with second pair. And I mean, it wasn't a gigantic all in, probably 150 bucks, but at one, two, it's a pretty big pot, you know? And how the hand played out, I was waiting to see, you know, the sets, the two pairs. And it wasn't even like top pair, like ace king. It was like, you know, like king seven or something, <laughs> right? So then all the money goes in. I'm like, oh, what are we about to see here? And then the guy turns over second pair, then the guy turns over top pair. I'm like, geez, did not expect that. <laughs> and then. <laughs> so I'm doing the show. Okay, so basically it was a uh, pair of kings versus pair of queens. The guy had queen ten, so he needed either a ten or a queen to be good here. And then uh, so the hand plays out, everything's fine. I was like, all right, whatever. He lost. And then Clint pops an headphone out, and they're like, someone's like, well, I can't believe he's doing that. And then Clint looks over and says, well, I think he was ahead actually. And I, yeah. I mean, well, okay. So wait, wait. Yeah. So then, uh, so I basically at that point I can't stay silent anymore. I was like, oh yeah, don't like, get out of here. I was like, what are you talking about? He had, what do you have? Five outs. I was like, well, I don't. That's some great A analysis there, bud. I was like, I forgot what I said to you, but it was definitely, it was definitely in a tone that you wouldn't say to someone who you didn't know. Yeah, well, okay, like, okay, in my defense, <laughs> so I looked at it, weird that I would, you know, have the notion to take a headphone out just to make a bad comment, but it would, uh, I thought, when I first looked at his hand, I thought he had queen ten of hearts, and there were two hearts on the board, and I thought he was open-ended with a straight draw, and I was like, well, I was like, I mean, he's got all the flush outs, all the straight outs. I was like, he's, I mean, he's probably ahead or whatever. 
Okay, it was one was a diamond, so there was no flush draw. And not to mention, even the back door flush draw, the other guy had like an ace or something. So he had the I think he had king of hearts. He had the bigger one. And then I guess it was just a pair or whatever. So it's great when you're only half-ass paying attention and then still decide to comment like a dumbass. So, yeah. it's a. But the reason why I brought all this up was because then... I was sitting thinking like, well, you know how out of line I must have looked just roasting you in front of the table talking about your spot on analysis. Yeah, you <laughs> know, I, everyone was staring at me while I was just, I mean, just, just roasting Clint at the table. I was like, would you shut up? <laughs> I mean, they're probably wondering because I'm pretty vocal. Especially at Paramount. And they're like, why is he letting this get by or whatever? And I was like, but, well, I forget because I forget there's a, you know, people realize that they don't realize that we play together. We know each other because we really, like, usually we'll talk or whatever, but we had had no interaction. Like I say, I took my my headphones off thinking, we know, we kind of talk or chill. He doesn't say a damn thing, so I just put them back in. So it's, uh. But yeah, it was weird because we kind of had a similar well, incident. Because then after you busted out, or after that, after I was talking to you, then after that we didn't even talk either. So That's after, true. so it's like because you hurt my feelings. I but mean, but I mean, everyone, go ahead. it's hard to talk when you're gasping for breath as you cry. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I didn't catch some weird looks from people. I did notice some people were kind of glancing at me because again. Perfectly fine if you know someone and you're friendly. Would not be okay if you were just a random person. You seem like you're trying to take the quick route to getting punched in the head. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that was a different, I mean, I really, you know, and weird, weirdly, I didn't even realize, like, the di- that dynamic either, because I was, I was so, like, caught up in how I had read that hand so wrong <laughs> that I didn't even realize it at the time, but. I do notice a couple times when people didn't realize, like 101, I realized, like you kept three betting when I when I would raise. I was like, God, I was like, why is this dude three betting all the time? I mean, and then I was like, but I mean, I kind of talk shit to you, and it seems like it'd make people uncomfortable, but we'd also talk and like laugh for a minute. And I realized later that it's like they have no idea that we knew each other. <laughs> right, because I remember I was talking a lot of trash while, while three betting you. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, because you would play tight as shit for three hours, but the only times you played were three bets to my races. And then whenever I threw, but I would look at you and say, sucker. (laughs) So, yeah, it was a, so that was a different dynamic uh, on that table, but we had a, uh, oh, we didn't even talk about my session. I mean, I am not even remember your session, like, because... Okay, when I left, were you up? Because I thought, I thought you were up. You won a pretty big hand at one point, where you called down. Actually, that's a pretty good uh, hand to go over. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, what happened was I flopped. I had, um, oh no, this was a. I was in the big blind. I had like king four or something or king seven, and flopped a king, and I was like, well, this is gonna get dicey. And then on a draw-heavy board, everything bricked, and I rivered another king. I had king deuce. That's what it was. But I was in the big blind, and uh, the guy bet, I mean, 
over pot on the river, but I was like, well, I'm just never folding now that the king paired. Yeah, I mean, had that king not paired, I didn't because I think this was earlier. That guy was bluffing a ton, but I didn't realize it. That that your hand was the first time I noticed, I saw it, and uh, yeah, it, because I mean, if that king doesn't pair on the river, that's a very difficult difficult call. Because I mean, he bet it was a huge amount. It was definitely, I think it was like double pot or something. Yeah, no, I don't think you could call it really, but yeah, and it was, and he would, it was a re-raise too, right? Because you bet 75 on the river, and then he re-raised to 200. Oh, yeah, that is right. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, see, I can remember these hands, just not the ones <laughs> I'm commenting on. Uh, the, uh, so that was a, I mean, I won't say I mean, it was a good call, because, I mean, you have trips there, you're never, you're never folding. Yeah, uh, when all the, when all the draws brick out, yeah. and then you river trips, <laughs> so seemed like a good time to call. Yeah, it's, a. Uh, but okay. So, so how, like, when, how'd you end up? I mean, but you were down when I left, were you? I made a dumb call with a pocket pair that, like, I kind of lose track sometimes. Whenever you're playing a one-two, and someone makes like a thirty-dollar bet, that's a gigantic portion of your stack. Yeah, you should not be floating light for thirty dollars when you buy in for two hundred. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's a well, it's, yeah, it's and usually a gigantic portion of the pot too because the pots are just a little bit smaller. Right, so I made one bad call. Shoot, I made a bunch of bad calls, but that was one of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely... <laughs> but, I mean, I made that call, and I was sitting there thinking, like, that hand was way too big for how bad of a hand I had. It was like a double-paired board with a flush draw, and I was like, well, maybe, you know, it could be on a flush draw. It could just have overcards. I think I had pocket eights, and the flop was like 10-deuce-deuce. Two spades and a heart. Yeah. So, but, and I don't know. I it was multi-way and it went like 30 call, maybe one other call. And I was like, well, I could maybe see what's going on here. Shouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, just, yeah. Don't even, yeah, don't even. So, but I had lost some other hands too. Um, just mainly bricking draws. And then uh, I played a bomb pot that I lost. But I got down to about $170. Okay. And then we had the PLO hand. So I get pocket jacks with 9-6 suited. Now, are the ja it's suited to the jack, right? No. Okay, pocket jacks with a 9, nine high flush draw. Or, well, 9-6. Yes. Okay, gotcha. So, I don't know. This is, I mean, like we were saying, this is just whenever you're bored at the table. And, I mean, I don't know. So... I I was basically mentally ready to go, I guess. And if you're ready to go, you can find a way to get out of there. That's but, true. Yeah. Especially in PLO. <laughs> so I made so someone bet twenty. I first I had called the straddle. Everyone called, someone made it twenty. I called the twenty. Some the guy to my left repopped it to a hundred. Another person called the hundred. Another person called the hundred. And then it came back to me. And I was already in for twenty. I had, sorry, I had 170 more after that 20. Okay. So I started the hand with 190. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm all in, I guess. And hindsight, like we said, disaster. But I got instantly re-raised. So like, I went all in. The guy re-shipped it for about 600, something like that, 500. Another guy re-shipped it on top of him. Another guy re-shipped it on top of him. So I'm like, well... 
this can't be great. I tried, like, so they got all the pots situated. I was against aces, kings, and then I was up against, so one guy had aces, one guy had kings, and the other guy had nine, ten, jack, king, and okay. um, double suited. And I turned to the lady to my left, I showed her the jack. She's like, ooh, I folded one of those. <laughs> I showed her in the nine. She's like, ooh, I folded that too. Oh, God. <laughs> the other guy, he had pocket aces, double suited, sixes. Huh? So he had ace of hearts, six of hearts, ace of spades, six of spades. Oh, wow. I had the ace of, I had the six of clubs. The other, the lady folded a jack and a nine. The dude to my right with the kings had the other six. Oh God! I was like, all oh, my outs are gone. Oh God! <laughs> I was like, I'm. This is just the biggest punt ever, and it was. Uh, yeah. Guy turned to flush. Well, this is interesting because I just happen to be like, so I'm reading a book on uh, PLO GTO theory. Yeah, is, is it a comic it's, book? Yeah, 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 that's a lot of a lot of laughs. <laughs> uh, but I was uh, this. I mean, I kind of started it like after this hand a little bit, and it kind of went into some situations like this. And it goes into, like, on these three bets on PLO. When you're defending, when the stacks are kind of small, you want, like, jacks are actually a pretty bad hand here, like this. It would be better to do it with, like, 7, 8, 9, 10, or something like that, where it actually hit. Because the problem is it hits multiple flops. Whereas on a jack, you're either going to spike a jack or you're not going to be in good shape usually. Whereas, like, you know, something like where they can hit two pair, hit several draws, have several outs. Hopefully it's at least suited to one, better if two. So I was looking at that, and I thought that was weird because it just happened to be covering some of the uh, spot that you were in. But, yeah, it was uh, it's a lot better to three bet and go all in. I'm not saying even for $100 or 170 that you should even do in there. But if you're going to do a move like this, better for like something that can just hit multiple flops rather than spike gold it, once in a while. Yeah, no. I mean, I agree. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, just as I was reading, I was like I was like, "Oh god, this is so similar to Scott Tyler's situation." Uh Yeah, I mean, well, we've all had a punt here and there, here and there, so. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'd rather it be for 170 than I mean, it seems oh, like yeah. that if there's going to be a punt, I'd rather be for 170 than the alternative. So that's true. And I mean, it, like, I guess a punt in PLO, at least like you're very rarely drawing dead or something. I mean, you could, I mean, if that lady doesn't fold a jack, I mean, you very well could spike a jack or something like well, that. My clubs were live. I was happy ahead of time. Yeah. So wait, your clubs are live. Yeah. No one had clubs. We had we said you had nine six oh it was nine six of clubs mm-hmm. oh for some reason I kept thinking diamonds but it must be something else I was thinking of it. no no the guy hit his diamond on the turn he hit, oh, he okay. he turned a flush but it was diamonds but no one had clubs they had hearts and diamonds at least you had at least you had a chance <laughs> yeah it's uh so yeah it was well that's kind of an interesting situation that you found yourself in I mean I know I know PLO is not your game of choice so. You know, that's a... It's not my game of choice. And I was bored, wanted to go home, found a way. Like I said, when boredom meets PLO, you, you normally in your car. <laughs> yeah, that's about how that will work. The, uh, 
I mean, it's weird because it seems like poker is a fairly simple game to beat. I mean, if you just play, really in all honesty, if you play good cards and don't play like a nut job, at least here in Texas, I don't know about other places, but if you play fairly rationally, you will win. It seems like the main hindrance to being a winning poker player is not like intelligence or anything else. It's more or less boredom. Oh, absolutely. I mean, boredom is just, I mean, that's the number one factor. Like, I don't, it's interesting whenever you watch like the best players play like on the live streams and on like high stakes poker, very rarely do you see those top guys. I mean, they can just fold for hours on end and have no problem. I guess when you're playing for cars, you can probably focus on other things like not losing cars, but, but, but I think that is just a whole different skill set in itself. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely seems to be the, because also, what happens to me is I get bored. Then when I get a good hand, I can't let it go. You, you and me are on the same page. Like, I look if I'm getting hands, and I mean, I won't even say winning. I mean, I'd say don't get me wrong. I do it better when I'm winning, the as far as playing. But if I'm at least getting hands, I'm in there. I kind of have a. I'm usually playing a little bit better. But like you say, if you've been card dead for an hour. And you end up with a, you know, not even anything great, like King Jack of Diamonds or something. I mean, you're just playing it to the absolute hilt. Now, if you get kings or queens or aces, then, I mean, you're just losing your mind. I mean, and like these flops where you should really be letting it go probably on the turn, it's very easy to get suckered in. Like, if if I'm playing well and I'm not card dead, I'm not super bored and not kind of frustrated... Then I mean I can let it go and I can make some really good folds, but sometimes that's that's I think that gets me more than anything else. Oh yeah, like I said, I mean, and then in hindsight it's so obvious, right? But in the moment when you're bored, you haven't seen a good hand. I mean, just go out on your shield sometimes. I mean, like I said, it's just a whole different skill set in itself. Just you know to stay focused. Well, I've kind of done this here and there, and I don't. I think you can go way too far with it. So, but if I am card dead, I will sometimes try to expand my range a little bit. One, you have a tighter image. So, I mean, you might be able to get away with a little bit more. But, I mean, like, at our stack sizes a lot, I haven't been playing suited one-gappers or something like that. But if it's been a long-ass time since I played a hand, I mean, maybe, like, suited one-gappers and even a suited two-gapper here and there. Not all the time, but if you just happen to be on one of those streaks where it's been 25 hands and you haven't played, is you know it's better to play that, see what happens, maybe let it go, than to overplay a hand later because you're just you're frustrated. Say so definitely let it go, but <laughs> I definitely say I cannot condone people playing student two gaffers and not letting it go because they heard it from Clint on the Texas Poker Podcast. Well, no, I mean, let go. you can play that so you can let something go that you probably should or later. I'm not saying you take nine, six, and diamonds to the very end. But it's 69. Four, four bet. Yeah. It's 69. It's my favorite number. Yeah. So, right. So you're saying just to keep your mental uh, game in check, maybe play a suit of one gap or two gap or maybe once an hour if you haven't played a hand in an hour. I mean, yeah, I would say... 
30 minutes or I mean if if I folded straight for 30 minutes which is probably about 20 25 hands in a row I think it'd be fine I mean like I don't think I'm definitely not saying that's a positive EV play because it's not it's definitely not it's uh but I think it might be positive it might make the rest of your game a little bit more positive though here's one thought though too is even the most recreational player in a one three game when you've been folding for two hours straight, and all of a sudden you put money in the pot, they everyone, oh I forgot you're even over there. I fold. Yeah, I mean even well that's that's kind of what I also talk about about using this with a tight image a little bit, like uh, I mean you can just kind of maneuver that a little bit because I mean you if you if you raise you're gonna get a little bit more respect. I think most people take it too far, like I but I do think there is. It gives you that extra 10% of fold equity. Not that extra 90% that a lot of people assume that you get, but that extra 5 to 10%. Right. Um, you have another session? You said you had a legend session, I think, right? Let me see. I woke up like late as crap on a bad schedule. We, and for those uh, who don't know, we both me and Tyler work nights, and sometimes you get on a bad sleep schedule. Happens. Uh, I woke up at like 1 a.m., and uh, I was like, well, say, that's a super bad night. You were all about getting on the wars. Uh, so I'm like, well, obviously can't do anything productive. Might as well go ahead and, you know, get some hours in at the table. So I go over to Legends and I will, let me say this love that at Houston that you can find a game at 2 a.m. I mean, used to, you just nothing open. I, I, I absolutely love that. Uh, we end up, so I go over there and play. And immediately get some pretty profitable situations. Let me see what I got here. Uh, Ace Queen, I raise to 20, get 3 bet to 60 by the guy to my immediate left. And then there's two callers. Pretty active, so I'm like, well, I'm going to go ahead and make a call. It's 40 to win, goddamn, a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the flop is 3 5 Queen. Pre-flop raiser makes it 60, which is not a big bet in this pot. Then there's a call that's almost all in. And I, oh wait, there's one call and then I call. Uh, turn ace, I we both check to the pre-flop raiser. He goes all in. The other guy calls for like 20 bucks more. And then I call for the rest of my stack and I'm up against ace king. So... Ended up with a getting a very, very good turn. A good flop, an even better turn. <laughs> yeah, I guess the flop was super key because you would have had a disaster of a turn without that queen. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, I'm also folding without the queen, too. <laughs> not if you turn the ace. Well, no, but he butt the oh, flop. Oh, gotcha for 60, yeah. So, so. You're not floating around with ace, queen, ace high? <laughs> not multi wife. <laughs> Heads up, maybe. Uh, so, but I end up getting a pretty decent run of cards, but then get also some bad situations. And this is where I'm going to go with more than the actual hands is the table. There was a ton of three betting. There's a lot of people that, for the most part, know what they are doing. So I get up, I'm up about three to four hundred dollars, and I will back to where I'm just up like a hundred and thirty dollars it's such a rough feeling it's 4 30 in the morning i'm like well i can beat traffic 
But really, it's I've started trying. I used to not do this a lot. Trying to get better with table selection. Playing more when it's a better table, and then cutting sh- short when it's a not that great of a table. So I end up cutting, uh, kind of cutting my losses, taking the hundred twenty dollar win, and calling it good. Which again, I'm very. It's not something I put a lot of stuff into. Well, that being said, it's Houston. So really, up until like a year ago, a, a couple of years ago, you didn't have a table selection. There's usually only one table going. Yeah, even if that. Yeah, so I mean, I'm trying to get a little bit better with that. And I do I do feel like that's getting uh, pretty, like I say, I feel like that's improved. I do have one interesting hand that I skimmed over, though. Like you were saying getting it kind of not paying attention to stacks and how it gets you into trouble. Okay, well, we all we're going to discount the fact that I might be bored. I opened 7 9 of diamonds <laughs> <laughs> to $20 uh, and I get one call. Flop comes king 10 for rainbow. This is one of those like very close flops, but I'm like, well, I can represent most of the good kings. I'm going to go ahead and I bet 30. And I don't realize how short stack he is. He goes all in for 50. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there's 40 from the flop bet. I bet 30, which is 70. Well, now it's 50 and 120. So it's $20 to win $120. And I fold as everybody at the table looks at me extremely confused. And they're like, well, why don't you just call there and everything? I'm like, I need runner-runner. Because this was not the type of guy that seemed like he was going to, you know, put the rest of his stack in there on some kind of weird draw or anything. So, and sure enough, he flips over a king. I was like, well, this is, talk about looking like the ultimate donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like I said, that's happened to all of us before. So, I kind of had that weird situation happen to me, though, when... A guy had, it was kind of the opposite of what you're describing. A guy had a bunch of green chips in his palm. It's like he was like shuffling chips and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I only saw like $100 behind in reds. But he probably had like 400 450 in green like in his hand. Okay. And you know, I mean, if it's 100 just throw some green chips out there to put them all in. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, didn't realize he's that is not going to get him near all in. <laughs> no, well, what's it called? I was like, well, I mean, at least I won, but I was playing a way bigger pot than I anticipated. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you definitely rather see him make a call than realize that you think he's all in, and all of a sudden it's a re-race for five hundred <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, was that all the sessions you played this week? That's it. It was kind of a light week, so we'll. Uh, I'm gonna try to get some sessions in this week. I did not play yesterday. Uh, today I have to see how the rest of this day goes, and I think we're probably both gonna play Thursday. I'm for sure playing Thursday, so I don't uh, know what you're up to. Yeah, and then Wednesday I will probably play. So I mean, I'm gonna try to get some hours in, but it's a. Uh, it was kind of a light week last week. Well, it's a light week, and it's also an early recording. So that's true. That's a good point. But I guess if you don't have anything else. Nope. Just going to try to get back on the grind soon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess that'll conclude episode 50 of the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. 
That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.